What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Verzi Effect Podcast Show. My name is Paul Verzi, and today is Saturday, June 1st, 2013. You guys are listening to episode 112. Um, right off the top, I just want to, um, you know, let you guys know uh, that the reason why I had to take a break um, a week break, you know, uh, we we're getting back on track cause I know that I had missed a week before after not missing a week for many, many months. And then I had to miss a week, came back, started getting into the groove. And, um, and, uh, as some of you might've known or saw on Facebook and everything, there was a tragedy, um, in my family with the loss of my brother-in-law. Um, and it was, um, it was sudden, it was devastating And, um, it was really, really, um, really tough and we had to come together as a family and we did, but, um, it was just a a very unfortunate situation. Um, uh, my wife's, um, brother Kevin will be missed. He was a, honestly, you know, you hear this a lot of times when, when people pass, but I can honestly say that he was a, a very kind and, um, just really good-hearted dude, man, and he really, really was that. He was the type of guy that he would stick up for the the kids that were getting bullied. He was nice to everybody. He would listen to your side of the story, and um, he was um, he was a really good dude, man. He was an amazing dude. He was, you know, one of these like, you know, he'd get on a Harley and he'd have tattoos and stuff. But you know, when I, you know, he'd be great with my kids and. And it was just really unfortunate and hard. And um, I didn't feel like being funny. I didn't feel like doing a podcast. Uh, I was not on stage for a week, which I'll get into uh, during this show. But I just wanted to address it on the top. And, um, you know, may he rest in peace. And it was really tough. And, and we're dealing with it. And we're healing together. And, and that's why. And I know that um, it wasn't a secret because it was out there on Facebook. A lot of people reached out. If you did so, thank you so much. Um, cause I got to tell you when something like that happens and you feel all the support and condolences and stuff and, you know, all I could do is just, you know, be there for my wife, you know, my mother-in-law and, you know, during this hard time. But, uh, that's why. And like I said, I, I, I could have done a podcast really just didn't feel like doing it. And, um, you know, but, uh, we're back this week. There's a lot of, uh, great stuff that I want to talk about. So I just wanted to let that be known. I like to be honest with you guys, let you guys know what's going on with everything. And, and that was the situation. Uh, so back, um, back today, episode 112. And I was going to do it last night, but, um, last night ended up being an absolute fiasco. Um, uh, me and my buddy, a fellow comedian, Chris Lamberth, were driving around, New York City, like Harold and Kumar, trying to get a movie in while I was trying to get on stage at night. I had a late show, and we tried to fit a movie in before my late show, and it was a disaster. But we ended up doing his podcast, uh, so you should check that out, because it was actually a really good podcast that we did. His podcast is called The Mundane Festival, and it was really funny. He told some really good stories. We, uh, we did that on location in New York City last night. Okay, as always, I like to start the podcast by saying uh, the Verzi Effect podcast show is sponsored by Butterfly Radio. Download the free app on your iPhone today. It's a free app. It allows you to send audio messages to all your favorite podcasts and uh, up to five minutes, and then they can personally send you one back. Also, now Butterfly Radio has um, 
the ability you can listen to your podcasts on there. Listen to your favorite podcasts on there. Joe Rogan's, Ralphie Mays, uh, Jim Florentine, uh, the Verzi Effect. Joe Matteries, you could go on there and you could just listen to full episodes of your favorite podcast on Butterfly Radio and you could register today at ButterflyRadio.com and start your own podcast. So, uh, and those guys are great and they're growing and growing and more and more comedians and bigger comedians are uh, hopping aboard Butterfly Radio. So, it's uh, making a steady climb and um, I'm really uh, happy and honored to have them uh, sponsor my show. So, check out Butterfly Radio. If you have an iPhone and you like podcasts, it makes no sense to not do so. Speaking of Butterfly Radio, there was a lot of stuff, uh, a lot of stuff that I want to catch up on here and there were people that you know, definitely got onto my butterfly and said some things. So I wanted to uh, talk and uh, address that. I also had some questions on Facebook. So the first part of the, the podcast will be just basically stuff from, you know, fans, supporters, questions that were either emailed to me or also um, audio messages that were sent to me on butterfly. Got some of those and then uh, we'll keep moving. By the way, a lot of movie stuff I got. Uh, I know that it was weeks and weeks till I saw a movie, but I made up for, I got three movies to talk about. One, which was absolutely fucking bananas, ridiculous, loved it, it was insane, and uh, I'm going to talk about that. I'm excited to talk about it. All right, but first, let's get to the fans. Now, first, uh, first one comes from Scotland. Scotland, Stuart Daisley from Scotland. First of all, the fact that you're listening to my ass ramble in New York into a microphone with my crazy thoughts and you are a fan and you're enjoying that out in Scotland it means a lot. Um, it means either that or, Stuart, you don't have a lot of time. on. I mean, you have way too much time on your hands, I should say. But uh, I appreciate it anyways. So thank you so much. And uh, Stuart Daisley, I hope I'm saying that right, from Scotland says, uh, basically asked a question of, when my kids are watching TV and they're watching cartoons and then they leave the room, have I ever done the embarrassing thing of like staying with that on and watching it? And the answer is absolutely yes. Um, as a matter of fact, Stuart, there was a time where I think I was watching like Sophia the First on Nick Jr. or something. And she got herself into some kind of trouble or, or, or <laughs> there was a situation in the castle and my kids ran away and I'm like staring. I'm like, I got to see how this thing unfolds. You know, I got to see, you know, I've definitely done that. Also, my daughter fell asleep and there was a Garfield commercial on and I got really into Garfield's problem and I watched that for a while. So, yes, it. I don't even find it embarrassing. It's kind of awesome that you could bring yourself back to, I don't know. You just bring yourself back to like a kid and enjoy it. I mean, yeah, it's a little weird. Um, my wife caught me a couple times and she was just laughing. And I was like, no, I really have to see the end. Because I'm the type of guy, no matter what the story is, like whenever I see something creative being done, I just want to see how they finished it or how the writers, you know, put it together. So, uh, yes, that is um, that is uh, definitely something that I've done. Thank you for the question. And, again, thanks for the support out there in Scotland. Please keep listening. And you also said something about that I was right about the house. And you're right. I was right about the house that I said no to because it was a money pit and I found out that it was being neglected and all that stuff. So we did the right thing and we did get a new house that we um, signed contracts for, put the, you know, put the down payment on and all that. So we're uh, just waiting, waiting to get everything finalized. But thank you for that. 
now. Oh, this was absolutely hysterical. And this came from, um, this had me crying. This came from Cameron, um, I don't want to butcher your last name, brother, but I'm going to try. Is it Geishin? Geishin? I'm going to say it's Cameron Geishin. If it's not, we'll just say Cameron. I'm sorry, dude, if it's not. But anyway, he sent me something that he thought, you know, that I would get a kick out of, and I absolutely did. And it was the 20, <laughs> it was the, t and I'm going to read them off. It was the 20 different like types of depressed sports fans okay so here's the 20 in order here's the 20 different types of of um depressed sports fans and i'm sure many of you fall into the category i have at least five of them but here we go number one the fan who punches a wall you know, this is just a guy who just reacts to a devastating loss, it says, with physical violence. That's hilarious. Number two, the single F-bomb fan. Uh, <laughs> that's awesome. Number three had me really start to laugh. Number three is the, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, no fan. Just a classic reaction. <laughs> Number four. The superstitious fan. I have definitely have a little bit of that. Number five, the how fan. In quotes with a question mark, how. Number six, same thing but why. The why fan. Number seven, the fan who kind of seems to be maybe crying a little bit. Number eight, the over-the-top meltdown fan. Those are some of the funniest to watch at a game. Because they're just, <laughs> they're just, they're so distraught and upset like they really can't believe what they just witnessed. Uh, number nine, the pessimist. That's funny because they're just trying to protect themselves. They see, the pessimist fan is a defense mechanism for, um, you know, the, the letdown or, you know, that you're about to have. Um, this one, number 10, I have a lot of this. The fan who says, I knew it. That's a funny one. All right, number 11. The fan who keeps yelling, what are you doing? <laughs> I have seen that so many times. That's another hilarious one. Number 12. I have a little bit of this one. The fan of the other team who is trying to be respectful. Now, number 13 is the opposite, and this guy's a dick. The fan of the other team who is not trying to be respectful. That guy sucks. Okay, number 14, the condescending non-fan. That guy sucks too, but whatever. All right, number 15, the fan who stays in the back of the room. That's a funny one. <laughs> number 16, the fan who suddenly has to go for a walk. That <laughs> that's just so over the top and ridiculous to me that you just have to get up and excuse yourself like you just found out. All right. 17, the fan who isn't there because he only watches big games at home alone. That is definitely me. When the Giants were in the Super Bowl the last time against New England, I had one friend over who was a comedian. He came over in his Giants Eli Manning shirt, and we just sat there in my living room with my son. Like, we had to, like, that, 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 yeah, I couldn't, you can't. The last thing you want to do is be about around a bunch of people in different jerseys, eating wings, people drinking. You're not paying attention. I, I don't like that. I got to pay attention to everything. 
And the ironic part about that is I drank three quarters of a bottle of Dewar's and almost had alcohol poisoning and barely remember the end of the game. So there you go. Number 18, the non-reaction fan. They barely acknowledge what just happened. That's funny. Then number 19, the catatonic fan. (laughs) This is the fan that just stares. That just stares. And and they're ju- they just can't believe it, so they just kind of sit there. I think that's like when the crowd leaves, and they're still the ones sitting there. And number twenty, the fan who manages to maintain perspective. So I would say, like, think about the ones that you might be. But Cameron, thank you so much for sending that, man. We really did. Like, I got a kick out of that. We were we were really laughing about that. So, um, and if you guys have any cool stuff like that, I will definitely shout you out on the show and talk about it, especially if it's funny. And, and true, which, you know, that exactly was. Uh, that's exactly what that was. Okay, now, on Butterfly Radio, um, I got a message from another podcaster, uh, David Stein. And David had questions that were really funny. Um, and these are questions that he puts on his podcast for guests. And he asked me uh, via Butterfly Radio, which was awesome. And they were so funny, I wanted to announce them here. Um, all right, so he said on Butterfly Radio, he asked me, um, 15 questions and I'll give you the questions first and I'll give you the answers. Okay. So number one, best celebrity mustache. Number two, ugliest athlete. Number three, worst human being. Number four, best organized crime movie. Number five, best kids cereal. Number six, greatest female vocalist. Number seven, favorite 1986 champion Met player. Um, Number eight, most overrated rock band. Number nine, best movie or TV character ever. Ten, old Becky versus new Becky. I didn't know what that was when he asked me, but I Googled it, and it was um, the Becky who was the sister on the sitcom Roseanne. Then you skipped 11, David. You forgot that you didn't do 11, but uh, 12 was best book. I read uh, 13, Favorite Smell, 14, Most Annoying Song, and 15, John Goodman. Again, hilarious questions, and uh, I'll share I'll share them. Um, I will share them. And check out uh, Dave Stein's uh, podcast. I Like a dick. I didn't write the name of it down here. But uh, Dave is also the guy that gave me advice on the last one about the um, microphones, and he helped me out. He, he gave me a lot of... Um, you know, insight on equipment and stuff with the podcast. All right. Question number one, best celebrity mustache. The first two that came to mind was Burt Reynolds and also Sam Elliott. Remember Sam Elliott played Kurt Russell's brother, Kurt Russell, who was Wyatt Earp. He played his brother in Tombstone. That's an epic stash right there. Ugliest athlete. There's just so many, you know, Scott Brocious, Patrick Ewing, Dirk Nowitzki. There was that guy with big ears, that big bald dude who was on the Lakers bench. I forgot his name. And then, the, oh, Chris Kamen was a white dude who's not, yeah, he looks like a, he's weird too. So there's a, there's a bunch there. Worst human being, I'd say you got to go, I mean, I joked around with him and I said, you know, Hitler or Rosie O'Donnell, but in all seriousness, it probably had to be Hitler. Just wiping people out for what they're born as, like that's, that's, that's pretty much, that's a bad one. Uh, best organized crime movie, it's between Goodfellas and Godfather pick one i wrote down good fellas but godfather might be i mean ah, it's just so good either one um number five best kids cereal hands down without a doubt the best kids cereal is fruity pebbles 
Fruity Pebbles are the shit. And when enough milk gets like soaks in them and you could kind of just scrape them off the top like you're cleaning a pool. You know the way you just scrape the leaves with the, like that's what it's like. Oh, and then it's just fruity deliciousness. It's amazing. Number six, greatest female vocalist. I'd have to say Whitney Houston. Whitney Houston in her prime is not to be fucked with. It, it, honestly, she's it, she's just not to be fucked with. It's it's um favorite nineteen eighty six Mets. Met player who won a championship. I'd say Doc or Strawberry, but because he became a Yankee. They actually both became Yankees, but I'd say Strawberry. Oh, that's tough, though, because Gooden pitched a no-hitter for the Yanks, too. One of those two. Number eight, most overrated rock band. A lot of people are going to give me shit for this, but I, I, I got to say, I think the Beatles. I know that the Beatles are great. I know that they're one of the greatest bands of all time, but I think because so fewer bands were out at the time... And although they have some amazing songs, they also have some songs that aren't that good. And people just constantly talk about them all the time. And I know, I know, people are just saying, ah, you know, young young punk doesn't know anything about music. I I just I don't know. Slightly overrated, I think. Um, I'm trying to think of some other bands that were just people just went absolutely nuts for that weren't really, you know, that good that that fell off. Um, I'll think about that one. Maybe get back to it. But I, I'd say the Beatles, over, most overrated rock band ever. Best movie or TV character ever? I said Maximus, uh, Russell Crowe, and Gladiator. That dude was fucking badass, man. Like, there's, I mean, sees his family dead after being like next to the king and then they kill his family they're about to kill him then he's a slave and then he just takes over by just slaying bitches man I, that was ridiculous that's one of the that's one of the badass that's one of the best maximus and when he said his name to uh you know when he said his name to Joaquin Phoenix and Joaquin just like looked like he saw a ghost that was that was sick that was that was sick. Um, so that I would I would say that that one for that. Old Becky versus New Becky. I would say in the Roseanne sitcom, Old Becky, because I'm biased to it. But I she went up to Vassar College, I believe. She went to Vassar, and that's where I like up in that area is where I uh, went to high school. My mom lives up in that area still near the you know Wappingers Falls Poughkeepsie area. So and I was a little kid and when I did watch Roseanne it was never the the new Becky it was always the old one so I kind of went with that. Okay. Um you skipped the number 11 so I'll go right to 12 best book. The best book I read that really just had me and I'm obviously because I'm a comedian it had me turning pages and I read it I think in 2 days and it was pretty big was the uh, Rodney Dangerfield biography. That was my favorite, just to, you know, see what that guy went through in his life and in his career and stuff. So I would definitely say Rodney's um, thing. Favorite smell of mine is beef cooking on a barbecue, on a grill. Uh, that's just amazing. It reminds you of summer. It, it's just, you know, you're about to eat some delicious shit. It's a great smell. The the bar Any barbecue smell but beef. Like when you're going, you know, like some good burgers are on there. That's that's my probably my favorite smell. Uh, most annoying song ever. It's between two. Alicia Keys, This Girl Is On Fire, and um, Shine Bright Like a Diamond by Rihanna. Makes me not only annoyed, but makes me dislike them as human beings. And 15, John Goodman. John Goodman to me is... 
I don't know. Like, I feel like, you know, really good actor, had some really good roles, but never, like, turned the corner of being, like, an absolute monster. You know, and I don't mean (laughs) eating-wise. Because I think there was a point where he did turn that corner. No, John Goodman, extremely talented. He's good, but, you know, he's, he's doing... He's doing voiceovers for Dunkin' Donuts now. And I said on the Butterfly Radio thing that Jeff Bridges is doing the voiceovers for um, for Hyundai. So who would have thought that the stars of the Big Lebowski would be big time into commercials right now? But John Goodman, you know, I, I thought his role in Flight was a little, you know, coming in as like the cocaine guy and, and the friend like that. I thought it was just a little forced. Uh, he was funny in Big Lebowski, but it was like a repetitive role. I don't know. I, I guess... I guess at the end of the day, I chalk John Goodman up to being like a, a really solid, good actor, but never an absolute must-see like, oh, John Goodman's in that. Like when you would say like, oh, man, Philip Seymour Hoffman's in that or, or one of those type of guys, but really, really good. Uh, thanks, Dave. That's hilarious, man. I really appreciate it. I I, uh, I really appreciate the support. All you guys, uh, Stuart in Scotland, uh, Cameron, Dave, thanks. Um, guys, like I said, keep doing it. I'll talk about it on the podcast. I don't care if the podcast goes long because of it or whatever. I just love to, you know, listen to what you guys have to say and and talk to you guys about it. So, um, thank you. That is that section. Now let's get into some things in the podcast. I wanted to talk, um, about something that was kind of, I guess, scary, different, unique for me. And this is more on the comedy end of the, um, of things during during the show, I'm gonna you know I want to talk a little bit about comedy because after we got the horrible news and the tragedy and stuff, um, I obviously was was there for my family and that's that's what you do and there's no place that I would have rather been, fucking period you know, but during that time, um, a week of not being on stage went by and I'm used to getting on stage, you know, a lot you know if not every night every you know every other night and then like you know it comes in bunches but like you know doing multiple multiple shows a week and you know you want to kind of get in a bunch of shows a week just to stay fresh and do stuff and now you know and you know comedians you know you go maybe two three days sometimes if you don't get up and then you go and you end up getting up like eight nine days in a row and it happens like that but to not be up for for seven days I was not up for seven days and all of a sudden even I've been doing this for a long time and um I'm like man like you just felt like, holy shit, can I do this again? Can I even get on stage anymore? And I know that I know that sounds crazy, and people are like, oh, you'll be fine. It's like riding a bike. But it was just really weird because I was so out of touch with it. And sure enough, I get booked on, the, it would just worked out timing-wise, this, um, this dude and his girl, they do, they do a, I almost said a podcast, they do a show once a month at our bar in New York City, and it's pole dancing mixed in with stand-up comedy, and I didn't know about doing it, but like it paid, and it was a city spot, and it was early, and I had a show at um, a comedy club that night, so I'm like, you know, let me let me go and do this, and then I'll go over, I actually had a show over at the stand on 20th and 3rd, so I'm like, let me do this, and I didn't know the format, and basically what the format was is, is in the back of the R bar, down on Barry, New York City, there's a little room back there, and it could pack like a hundred and something people in it, and it's like a box. It's like a mini eight mile. It's just packed. It's nuts. And they have poles there, 
and they wipe down the pole and the host gets up and does stand up and then they announce and they'll announce this pole dancer and it's not naked or anything like that it was just like a like how good and competitive these pole dancers were and I didn't really watch too much of it I was kind of standing outside I ran into a comedian friend of mine and I was just kind of sitting out there waiting and poking my head in and like these chicks would be like spinning around going all the way up on the pole and then all of a sudden they would announce a comedian you guys ready for the show to keep going and it was just really weird and awkward and I was kind of laughing about it and I haven't been up for a week and I'm like who knows how this is going to go and a comedian would go up and I'd look in and stuff and then uh, finally they were like all right we got one more we got a pole dancer and then you're going to go up and I just had it in my mind I was like this is going to be a this is going to be a disaster but I had you know I I written like three new jokes and I'm like, fuck it. If I'm going to try it anywhere, it's going to be here. And the crowd was really receptive. Like, there were some people really talking in the back and, and being a little rowdy. And I'm like, this could be nuts. And then finally I get announced and I go up on stage and I just started, you know, to talk about how I had a really rough week and I haven't been on stage because of a personal issue and in a week. And, I, you know, I can't believe my first time back is, is here. And and then I just went into, like, my first two jokes and I just end up having, like, one of the top ten sets of my career. I don't know if not being on stage brought it out of me. I don't know if I was just wanting to just... just I, I don't know if I needed a release because of all the emotions and everything that was going on with me and my family the week prior. I just I just got up there and I just had fun and I did the new jokes and the new jokes were murdered and I had such a good time and more importantly, after that, I walked off stage and the most important thing about that was a not only just getting on stage again and getting you know getting the feel back and getting rid of some stage rust but doing the three new jokes I did and had them work and now I'm going to a comedy club an hour later to perform and my confidence level was up and I did it again I went on stage I had a great set I did the new jokes and it was just a really really good time and it felt amazing and I think that if you get on stage all the time every day and you do the same shit the crowd is going to know if your heart's really not in it anymore or if you're just kind of like going through the motions because the crowd senses it like I've mentioned before. They sense the shit like it's a like a scared dog or, or, or a dog that, that, that senses fear, I should say. A dog can sense if you're scared of it and they're looking and they get weirded out because, you know, you're walking timid towards the dog and you put your hands in front of the dog weird and the dog's like, I'm going to fucking bite this asshole, you know. I, I think that the crowd knows that, like, this this person is not comfortable, and I guess being off, everything came back, my, my, just, I guess my, my commitment to, to the jokes, not that I don't commit, but, like, I was so, like, man, how is this gonna go, that I was so focused on it, and, and then, and then, you know, when I started to get sharp again, to throw the new jokes in that hit and everything. And then now I'm just like, oh man, I want this to be a great, and it, and it ended up being this great thing. <clears throat> Excuse me. So <clears throat> after not being up for a week, it, it was, <clears throat> excuse me, Jesus, I need a sip. You know, it was definitely something that if that happens to you, <clears throat> understand that your instincts will come back. Understand that, um, you know, you're, you have the jokes and you've done it, but it's a normal feeling to be like, holy shit. Cause I was like, I was calling friends going, yeah, I'm getting up, man. I haven't been up in a week. I was like, hope I, hope I still got it. <laughs> and then I did, but that, that was definitely something that I felt if you, 
go through a motion, if you go through like a, an autopilot going through the motions, people can sense that. I think in anything you do, in anything you say, that's why you always, that's why I don't understand how these people like can just be like speech, like these people, like these motivational speakers just have the same script. And if you're just a motivational speaker, you're not really like mixing it up that much because you have the same story. I mean, I don't know. I don't want to speak for motivational speakers, but you know, if you had to do like 15 cities and your last one is in Utah, I would imagine by the time you got to Utah, you got to be like, yeah, you got to persevere. You got to fight through it. You know, you got to looking at your watch and shit. You're thinking about your flight. (laughs) You start confusing stories. (laughs) I don't know, but it, it felt good to be back up. And it felt good to do, you know, to do the new stuff. I'm doing a joke that I'm really excited about. It's a it's a funny joke. It's about blowjobs, but I can't give it away. But come out and see it. It's funny. This is how great comedy is. It's the only business in the world where I actually got a message from somebody saying, Oh my God, man, that blowjob joke you did in Dallas was one of the most original bits I've I've heard in years. Is that, when's that going to be on your album? Is your album going to be... It's the only profession you could say, like, oh, that blowjob joke was one of the most original things. <laughs> you could be like a seasoned, you know, comedian, and you could be like, oh, man, I can't wait to do this thing on blowjobs or, you know, pulling my dick out. I really think it's going to be a game changer. <laughs> uh uh, but that's the beauty of it, man. That's the best part about doing stand-up is you, you can, anything goes. You know, you could try anything. You know, if you're a doctor and you got to give somebody knee surgery, you have to cut that, that knee precisely. You have to get whatever's in the knee, um, you know, fix it and do that. And you can't, you know, you can't just pick, like, I think I'm going to fuck with his ankle right now and then see if I could cut his feet open and then I'll tie, you know, just to see, like, you can't do that. Like, in, in comedy, you, you can... That's probably a ridiculous example, but in, in comedy, you could just anything. One minute you could be talking about something, you know, and, and you could just talk the news, anything that comes on the news and shit. And it's a great outlet. And it let me realize that through hard times and through just, you know, I guess pain and and kind of anguish and, 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 and just sorrow, um, it really does, like, it was one of the first times in my life where, as a comedian, comedy, like, being a comedian, I felt as though being a comedian gave me the same sense of being an audience member who needs to laugh. And it was it was really cool to, to have that. Like, it really is the best medicine, you know, not to sound corny and shit, but it is because it gives an outlet to not only the people listening, but, but to the you know, to the people giving it and, and that being, you know, the comedians that just go up there cause it's an outlet for them as well. And I, and I felt that. So, um, all right, moving on. I got a lot to talk about here because we still got sports. We still got movies. Uh, we'll get an unacceptable in here to just, you know, get this thing back on track. We're back. Everybody, the Verzi effect. We are back. We will, um, God willing, we will back be back next week. And, um, Without any hitch, and we're back on track here. This is the Verzi Effect podcast show sponsored by Butterfly Radio. Download the free app on your iPhone today. You guys are listening to episode 112, 112 of these things. We are, we are, it's just, I can't believe this shit's over like two years, and it's just, it's just so much fun. It feels great. And look at that. I got somebody in Croatia. I got somebody in Scotland. 
If you're in a weird place, I think I actually did have a New Zealand fan. If you're in New Zealand, that's pretty fucking cool. Um, although the more I see Lord of the Rings, and the reason why I say that is because that's where they filmed it. The more I see Lord of the Rings, the more fucking ridiculous I realize how much it was. I cannot believe they got as much money for them walking around <coughs> for whatever, nine, ten hours. Just walking around, which shit happened. Like it's just, I can't even believe. Now I realize why. Like I, I, the funniest thing is, I was in Lord of the Rings and my brother was sleeping in it, and it was just so funny to see. But speaking of movies, I got three. Two were new releases on DVDs. One I talked about that I was going to see, and one is a new release in theaters, which was Gangster. First, I saw Seven Psychopaths. And uh, I really, really liked it. I thought it was great. It was funny. It was dark. You know, it was it was cool. Um, didn't love it the way people said, it, like, "Oh my God, it's one of the like." It was good. It was good. You know, it was definitely a fun, entertaining movie. Good acting. Was it Sam Rockwell? That, that guy's a monster. Um, Colin Farrell was in it. Walken was in it. Good movie. Uh, dark, dark humor, but I liked it. And it's one of those things where you really can't give it away. Like, if you guys are listening to this and you want to see it, you can't give it away. But really good acting. And it's basically like this guy is trying to write a book and he's an alcoholic and there's characters and whatever. But I, I would, this, you know, this, this guy's a dog thief and he steals a mob guy's dog and, and that's it. So take it from there. Really dark, really violent, and, and definitely funny. Uh, I would say if you're home. But I got to be honest, after seeing it on DVD... I'm glad I didn't spend the 12 bucks to see it in a theater. And I still liked it, so I'm not trying to... But it was definitely a better lay home on the couch and watch it DVD than go. And then I saw another one. I saw Broken City with Russell Crowe and Mark Wahlberg. And this was about uh, a politician... It was about, you know, a, a crime that happens and you kind of, you know, thinking throughout who did it. But then I thought it got a little predictable. Not bad. Good movie. Not great. I expected more. I expected more from it. I really did. I thought it was, I actually thought it was easy. It was one of those scripts where I'm like, ah, oh, this isn't like, and I guess that's why it got to DVD so fast and that's why nobody was really talking about it that much. So, it, you know, you get what you, you know, you get, if you see that happen, you know, like, man. And, and I say that because, like, certain movies, and as much as people like to say Dark Knight Rises, the, the, the last Batman movie was, like, as good or good, and it, it, it wasn't because it faded. It faded. Like, people are still talking about The Dark Knight, the second one, with Heath Ledger as the Joker. Like, that's how you know a movie is just, like, just epic. And I don't use, I mean, I'm not, I know I use epic loosely, but in this moment, I really mean, like, that's what I mean, epic movie instead of one that just goes away like yeah you see that yeah it was kind of like it's one of those that just gets lost in the shuffle yeah you saw it not bad i was kind of you remember a couple things and then that's it oh another movie i saw um but this was a long time ago was safe house with denzel and ryan reynolds i saw that movie and that was basically like a political midnight run kind of that's what it reminded me of a political midnight run obviously more violent and but again nothing like oh my god so, Seven Psychopaths, good movie. Broken City, 
average. You're not going to be really disappointed, but you're not going to be lo- in love with it. Now, me and my manager, David Kimowitz, who's been on the show. He was on the show. If you remember, he was on the show a long time ago. We went to see Star Trek in IMAX 3D. Holy shit. Holy shit. Star Trek in IMAX 3D was incredible. Now, let me preface this movie review by saying I am not a Trekkie. I am not a fan of Star Trek. I did not watch the TV show. I did not watch the older movies. I did not. However, I did see the first Star Trek with Chris Pine as Kirk, which was, what, I think two years ago. And I I loved it. I liked it. It saw how, you know, Captain Kirk came about. It was great. A young Spock and all that stuff. I got to see that. This movie, we go, and from beginning to end, intriguing story, in insane action. And again, I'm not an action guy. But this was the perfect balance of a good story, good acting. The 3D IMAX was so insane that there's one scene where they're flying to another planet and they leave the Enterprise ship and they're in the shuttle to go from the Enterprise to this other planet and they're just hovering. And with the 3D IMAX, it's hovering in front of your face and the way they designed it was you can see the heads through the glass of the shuttle just hovering there and it looked so real and insane that I was just we just kept it was one of those movies where I kept leaning over to my to 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 Kimowitz and he kept leaning over and we're just going oh my god this is fucking this is so incredible how fu- is amazing this is amazing he's like oh this is unreal it through the whole thing the acting was insane you have it was an experience guys I'm not kidding like it was not just going to the movies. Like, and you know, I got my I got my soda, I got my snacks, and then I didn't even care about my soda or my snacks. The movie was awesome. It was a summer movie experience <clears throat> that I'll never forget. And I and if you saw, I'm telling you right now, all right. And I know I'm getting way too passionate about it, but I mean it. If you saw Star Trek without seeing it in 3D IMAX, you didn't see Star Trek. I'm telling you right now. You saw it at like a 60% of what it could be with the sound and everything. And if you see that commercial in the commercial, the coming attraction where the big ship crashes into the water and into the buildings and stuff, that in 3D IMAX with the bad dude on the ship, oh my, it was sick. And then Captain Kirk doing everything he can for the ship and also like the like what he knew. And there was like this mind game. And then there's like a surprise villain in it. Oh my God, it was awesome. It was awesome from top to bottom. It started awesome. It ended awesome. It was just unbelievable. This is coming from somebody that likes Star Wars way more than Star Trek. But J.J. Abrams, who did this Star Trek, is also going to be doing the new Star Wars. I am all over that. And I got to tell you. During the 3D IMAX, you get to see the Man of Steel coming attraction, the new Superman in 3D IMAX, which looked insane. Now, I know some of you guys out there, and I was like this too, oh, I'm not big on 3D, I'm not big on IMAX, it's too much. No. Ever since I saw Prometheus that way, and the Amazing Spider-Man, the new one, which is okay, but it was good, actually. It was probably one of the best 3D movies I've seen until I saw Star Trek, but... 
Prometheus in 3D IMAX was insane, and then Star Trek was insane, and the and the Superman is going to be too. But oh my god, this movie was awesome. Do yourself a favor. If you don't like space movies, if you don't like Star Trek, and you don't like Star Wars, you will still, you will still love this movie. If you're not into action, you will still love this movie. It is, it is just, it was, it's one of the movies where I don't care who you are. The writing is great. The story is great. The visual, the fucking, the, the sound, everything. Go see Star Trek. So far, movie of the year for me. So far, not even close. And I'm looking forward to that Superman. I'm definitely looking forward to Superman. But this was sick. And Chris Pine, that dude is a monster. The kid who plays Captain Kirk was awesome. Awesome. It's got some sad parts. It's got, oh. What else do you want? I was eating Junior Mints. Fucking unbelievable. I was eating Junior Mints, gummy bears. And I'm doing good on the diet. But I said, look, I have to. Look, $20.50 for a ticket is criminal. It's criminal. Unacceptable for the week. Is going to a movie. I don't give a shit what they put on your head. Okay? Seriously, I don't give a shit. They could be giving me a massage, jerking me off with a sushi roll, and I'm like, I don't know if I'm paying twenty fifty for that. Although that would be ridiculous. If you're just eating a fucking dragon roll while somebody's rubbing your balls and you're watching. <laughs> All right, that's worth five, That's worth $20, $20.50. But you know what I'm saying. That, that's unacceptable to spend that much money, you know. That's like getting up to like oil change prices. Unacceptable for the week. Going to any movie for over $20. But I got to tell you. I got to tell you. It was, although it's a lot of money. Oh my God, was it a good movie. Got to see it. And it made me say to myself, man, I missed out on movies without being... Because here's the thing. The IMAX and the 3D together now makes such a... Like, it's... Like, I'm not even kidding. We stayed after the movie for when the, the credits were coming up. Just because, like, the credits and the names of the main characters were floating in front of your face. Like, you could reach out and touch it. It was insanity. And the movie's good if you didn't see it like that. But I would say you have to see it that way. All right, I will shut up now. If that endorsement doesn't get you into that theater to see Star Trek, I don't know what will. But buckle up for that one and get ready for a great, great movie experience. All right. That's it for movies, but I told you guys that I would see one. And um, here we go. 42 minutes in. Still got some sports to talk about. Got some things to got some things to talk about. So sit back, everybody. We are uh, we're not done yet. I'm drinking this seltzer water, and seltzer water is weird because you could sip seltzer and go, "Oh my god, that was really good and refreshing and awesome." And then there's times you sip it, and you're just like, "This is probably one of the most disgusting things ever." The one I'm drinking now, I'd say like it's a mixture of both. It's lemon-lime, so it's not that gross. Remember that scene in uh, Beverly Hills Cop where he's like, yeah, I can't get a club. If I drink a club soda, I'll throw up. (laughs) It's just so funny. By the way, we were talking about that. Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy is... I might have said this on the podcast before. Eddie Murphy is the most talented... 
It's a big statement, but if you actually really think about it, it it's, it's perfect. Eddie Murphy is the most talented person of the past quarter century. By far. Maybe the past 30 years. Because at 18 years old, he wrote all those things on SNL. Mr. Robinson's Neighborhood. Gumby. All the stuff that he, all that shit that he, he wrote down and he did. He's an Academy Award nominated actor. He's won a Golden Globe, I believe. Um, he's, I mean, he could sing, he could dance. He's, he's funny. He's got two amazing stand up albums. Like, the guy is just unbelievable. And we were talking about, like, the beginning of his career. His first three movies were 48 Hours Trading Places and Beverly Hills Cop. And he, he did Delirious Raw and was an SNL cast member and he's in a monster movie star. I mean, now he's doing weird movies, kids and shit, but I mean, that, that's just amazing. That guy is unreal. Uh, and he's a big part of I do, why I do comedy, seeing Raw. And we actually talked about that on the Mondane Festival, uh, Chris Lambert's thing, so I don't want to... He's probably sitting there listening to this. What the fuck, man? We talked about this last month. Versy, you fuck. All right, let's get into sports. I didn't get a chance to say farewell to the Knicks. So, um, you know, what can I say? Anytime you watch the Knicks up into mid-May, it's a good season. You know, it usually starts in November, and by December, January, they're 10 games back, and it's over. But they made it, so that's... Um, I Listen, I feel like them losing game one should have made made the Pacers steal, you know, steal the series because that gave away home court, and they ended up losing in six. So I think that they would have been able to, and I predicted them in seven against the Pacers, and I just feel like the Boston series took a little something out of them and made them lose that. But you know what? The Knicks are in good shape. We, we Ah, man, I'd love to get like a Chris Paul or or somebody like that that would be amazing to have Paul and, and Melo on the same team. But the Knicks are definitely a big-time contender in the East again, which is cool to see. Hopefully it makes some moves. So it was a good season. Now, this Miami Heat Pacers series is like one of those series where you can see the champion coming out of the Heat again because – the Pacers had him. Nobody was helping LeBron, and then this guy just turned into. And I, I owe the guy a little bit of an of an apology, because I said last year, I said that this guy doesn't have the killer instinct. He he's too nice. He defers. He doesn't want the moment, and that was true. But them him get then him getting that ring, and getting that monkey off his back. I mean, now he's pulling up like. 25, 26 footers, just lacing them all over the court. He's taking it to the hole by himself. And he called out his team, too. I don't know if you saw it, but he called out his team when he was like, yeah, I just at that point, I just had to go back to my Cleveland days and, and kind of take over. That's basically him saying, guys, come on, because the Pacers were winning that game in the first half, and the Pacers had a chance to go up 3-2 going home for game six. And that would have been amazing. Now the Pacers got to win game six at home, which I still think that they can do. But then you're going to go to Miami in Game 7. And who knows if that's even going to happen. I think LeBron just basically imposed his will enough to say, Listen, Indiana, you guys are good, but you're not You're not us. We're the reigning champs. Don't ever forget that. And we have LeBron James on the team. And he's ridiculous. I mean, the shit that he could do. He has more ability size-wise than anybody in history. Nobody has ever been able to do what he's done with that body. 
Nobody's been 6'9 and been agile. He's like a 6'9. He plays like a 6'9 small point guard, but he's just huge and could do anything. It's amazing what the guy can do. And I hope he doesn't do it. I I don't want him to do it. And part of it, yeah, is because of the decision. Part of it, yeah, he you know he he shit on my Knicks team by by doing what he did and coming to Greenwich, Connecticut, where the Knicks practice to announce it. Yeah, part of it's that leaving Cleveland. But he went to a he went to the place that had the pieces. And if he only had one championship, that would be a, that that's tainted. The fact now that he's doing it without help is actually better. Like now that Bosch is kind of like this outside shooter and Wade is like beat up, it looks better for LeBron. I see that. But I just, you know, Jordan had Pippen and role players. Magic had like Worthy and and he had he had Kareem. So those, you know, that was those guys were those guys were great. Jordan is the one that really did it as as he had one guy with him who's a Hall of Famer. Unbelievable defender, Scottie Pippen. He really did. But other than that, who did he have? He had Luke Longley. He had Will Perdue. He had Steve Kerr. He had John Paxson. He had B.J. Armstrong. He had Horace Grant. These are all guys that teams have now. Minus the Scottie Pippen. And and Jordan is one of the only guys to ever do it without a without a big man who was just a big man. You know, without an Olajuwon and all guys like that. So, you know, I, listen, I can't hate on LeBron, but I'm I'm rooting hard against. Him. I mean, look, I'm an I, I hate the Heat. That's the thing too. I hate the Heat, and I'm a Knicks fan. So yeah, I'm rooting against them hard. And what stinks is I don't really like the Spurs either. So now I'm gonna have to pick who to root for. So that's why I'm hoping by some miracle the Pacers win Game Six, and then. Stun them in Game Seven and just like see the heat. Like that's like a dream of mine. Like they win Game Six and then they go back and everyone's like, "Ah, this is LeBron's time." And then they just, you know, they're just puking in in, in stunned silence on the bench. Just can't even believe what they just saw. And then I could root for the Pacers against the Spurs, but I'm gonna have to root for the Spurs against the Heat and and see. But I just I don't know if anybody's stopping LeBron James. When he turns and goes to the hole, it really looks like if I just showed up to a kindergarten and I just started, like, like it, it, it's just a joke. He just, like, spins and moves and, like, dunks on grown men. It's... And that Birdman idiot. Like, I used to like that guy when he was on Denver. Now he's just, he's just, like, and I know you guys are like, oh, yeah, you're saying that because he's on the heat. No, I just, like, with the mohawk and, and then the stupid, like, I mean, what is that guy going to do when he retires? Seriously, you have a tattoo, not only of just a tattoo color tattoo, you have like bright, fucking vibrant, bright, like neon pink and green and yellow up to your neck. And you got all these kind of like, what is that guy going to do? In his, let's say, okay, let's say the longest he could go is what, 40. What is the bird man was it Chris Anderson or whatever? What is a Birdman going to do at, let's say, 45 years old? He's either going to have to run a basketball clinic where he charges enough money to pay his rent, or or you're going to see him like get like he's going to be one of those like broke guys, just like a sad story, like 30 for 30, and it's the 30 for 30 is going to be called like Birdman. 
where has he flown to or something. <laughs> or like South. I could see like, you know, the way 30 for 30s do those, those titles. Like it would be like uh, South for the Winter, the story of the Birdman. And he's just going to be like sitting in some like Florida condo. All skinny and shit. His 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 tattoos are gonna be like. I mean, what's he gonna do? I wish the guy well. I don't wish ill will on on anybody. But I mean, that's a little excessive. Like you have neon purple, orange, and like yellow up to your chin, and it says "Free Bird," and you have a mohawk. I mean, the mohawk he could shave, but it almost actually. That's how you know, like you, like your appearance is so fucked up that a mohawk is the, is the conservative part. <laughs> You're like, man, that guy's got a lot of tattoos. Ah, he's got a mohawk though. Like that's how bad it is. I I don't know, man. I don't know. And then he pushed Hansborough, and they suspended him for the next game. I just I have no idea what that guy's gonna do. But then again, what are a lot of these guys gonna do? What do you do when you're that big and you're just like, see some big ass, big ass NBA ex, you know, ex NBA player, seven foot one, just greeting at the door of Walmart. I mean, they could get, they could get regular jobs, I'm sure. Like, you know, they could speak, I guess they could speak at schools. I don't know. That's what makes you happy when you're little. Like, I'm 5'8", and that shit makes me go, oh, I'm glad I'm 5'8", because, like, later in my life, it's going to be, like, right now, it'd be awesome to just pull up at a basketball court, 6'9", just dunk on everybody, just have everybody think you're insane, you know, shoot the ball, all that stuff, that'd be awesome, but then when you're older, you're like the outcast, like, people whispering how big you are, I'd rather be 5'8". Alright, I'm just saying that to make myself feel better. But we'll see what happens. I, I think now it's safe to say that the Heat are going to win. And then I guess Heat, Spurs, you never know. But I'll be, I'd be pulling for the Spurs. Um, I just want to close out. I'm going to do my plugs. But I, I just want to close out on a, on, a, on a serious note. And I hope you guys enjoyed this. And um, I hope that, you know, I hope that I could just keep putting these out there for you guys and, and just come up with good stuff. And I, I hope you guys continue to listen and spread the word and put your comments on iTunes and also be able to uh, send me messages and questions that I can get back to because I really have a good time interacting with you guys. Love shouting you guys out. And um, you guys really made me laugh this week with the stuff you sent me sent over to me. But I just want to say that, um, you know, with the loss of my brother-in-law and just seeing, like, how how families come together and seeing how during the hard times you really find out about people man you really do like you find out what people are way more when shit's rough than when shit's good because it's easy to be the you know there and great when shit's good and and again this sounds corny and cliche but i saw it firsthand and you know you you see the good in people and Man, it's just like you can't take anything for granted. And just know, like, whatever you got is is good enough, man. It's good enough. Like, you're always going to want more. You're always going to want the next thing. You know, I'm going through stuff in my career right now that, that it's been nuts. And, and, you know, you don't know. And, and you just, 
industry sees you and you kill and then you don't get something that you 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 really feel like you you deserved or you know you really feel that that you know what I mean anything though it could be anything it could be an audition for for a part it could be an audition for 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 just getting on a show anything like that and you actually like sit back and you're like well wait a minute you know I'm healthy I got my family and and that's all I need and and whatever's gonna come is gonna come you know you work hard and stuff but just kind of like where you're at own where you're at and be happy with it you take that motivational speakers no I'm serious though like I I just I look at it and I'm just like what are we fucking worried about really at the end of the day what are we worried about other people judging us if you really think about it, that's all that people worry about. That's all that there is to worry about. For example, you go on a golf course and there's not one soul on the golf course. Not one soul. It's just you, your clubs, and a bunch of golf balls. And a bunch of tees and, and, and holes to play. And there's not one person that can see you. There's not even a bird in the sky looking down on you. Are you going to give a fuck? Are you going to give a shit how you hit the ball? Are you going to care? No. You're going to put the ball on the tee. You're going to be loose. You're going to be relaxed. And you're going to enjoy it. And that's exactly like I, I'm seeing that. And, and you know, I mean, I, and you, you've seen it before, but then sometimes something needs to happen or, or, or you just kind of like you need to witness it. And you're like, holy shit. Like, yeah. Like, what am I, you know, got a family, you know, hopefully everyone's got their health and shit. Like, you know what I mean? And, and that that's the way. So that's one thing that that I looked at, and, I, and I, I'll tell you guys something else, now I'm lecturing, and I'll tell you another thing, people who I can't see, that I'm yelling into a microphone in my house, and no, I, I don't know who's going to be listening to this, no, but I'll tell you something, those seven days I didn't get on stage, I didn't think about it, I didn't care about it, I cared about one thing and one thing only, man, and that was being there for my wife, being there for my family, making sure that they were okay. And I did not think about my, my business. I didn't think about it. And then when it was time to think about, you know, obviously that's when I did. And I got to tell you, it felt fucking good, man. It felt good to not dwell and to just sit there and just try to be so, you know, so meticulous in everything that you're doing, what you're, and just so, it just felt so good to not do it. So I would, I would just say like, if there's any message that I, I could, um, reach out, you know, especially at the end of this episode 112, um, is that just, just enjoy it, man, enjoy it, enjoy what you're doing, own it, and just keep getting better, and, and, and at anything that you're doing, and sometimes it's hard, it's hard to even practice what you preach, you have to listen, I'm gonna have to listen back to my own shit and go, yeah, because it's hard to do, but I, I honestly feel that, like, it, it's, I don't know, you know, what people think about this life, but I don't, I couldn't imagine, I should say, I couldn't imagine that it not being some sort of, I don't know, man, like a path or like a way, because here's how I look at it. Even if science started everything, if you want to just do the evolution and the science, you can go back further. Like, what started the science? Let's say the Big Bang Theory happened. What started the Big Bang Theory? What, was it just a blank screen of nothing? Like, that? it could blow your mind. Like, what the fuck are we doing here? Was it just a blank screen of white or black? And then rocks came in? What started the rocks? What started the blank screen? You could fucking, your mind could explode thinking about this shit. But that's what makes me think 
that there is a path and there is a destiny and there is something that, that, that you need to be doing or that you're guided to. And I don't know. Maybe that's a human being trying to rationalize things, trying to understand because we always try to do that when we don't understand something. But that's what I think. And I just think that if you, you know, work at it and do your best and all that corny cliche shit, I, I think that, that, you know, it'll work. So I guess what I'm trying to say at the end of this fucking thing is do what don't take anything for granted. Do what you love. Have fun with it, and just don't sweat the don't sweat the small stuff. Because in the grand scheme of things, if you're doing the right thing, I, I think eventually it should uh, hopefully work out, or at least for you, you'll have the peace with it. Um, so that's it. And look at that. One hour. One hour. Um, I feel like this podcast had like real serious, but then funny, but then back to serious, and then movies. I feel like emotionally, this is like, like emotionally, this podcast would need a therapist. Like episode 112, just sitting on a couch going like, yeah, I mean, it started off sad, but then it kind of, it was really funny, but then it got like, then we talked, like it got really passionate about movies, which, and then it got sad, and then, all right, let's do some plugs, everybody. Um, I'm back on stage a lot in New York City in, um... In June, I'm doing a ton of shows in New York City in June, so you could check that out. I actually updated and um, put all new new shows on the, the my website. I kind of tweaked my website a little bit, and um, you could check that out, www.paulverzi.com. That's V-I-R-Z-I. You could also please follow me on Twitter, at Paul Verzi. And um, please continue the downloads, continue the uh, comments because it just means the Verzi Effect podcast is growing and growing. And I'm probably going to take a dip because of missing, um, you know, but that, I wouldn't change that for the world. So um, I'm happy to be back doing this and I will be back next week. And um, that's it. So check out the stuff. Um, I'm really excited. Got some news about the documentary. Just so you guys know, I'm going to be filming Jim Florentine next Tuesday. He's going to be talking on the documentary. And um, we got some really great footage. I can't wait to put the movie um, out. People are saying, when do I think it's going to be done? I think the documentary will be done shooting by the end of this year. And I think it will be edited and ready to hopefully be released by the beginning of next year. That's the goal. I will also be... Um, recording my first comedy album, hopefully the end of July, early August. And then once that, that shouldn't be too long to, to edit and stuff like that and do. So, um, that one, that, that should be coming out as well. So I'm really excited about those two projects that I'm working on and, uh, also just getting better at this and having great fans and listeners like you guys. So thank you so much. This has been the Verzi Effect podcast show. Um, episode 112 um rest in peace to kevin longto we love you we miss you we'll never forget you and um thanks everybody